Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are your favorite time traveling podcast. This is Cincy Brewcast. I'm the gnarly gnome. Andy, welcome to the show. I'm not going to make eye contact so nobody knows who I'm talking to. Andy, welcome. Andy, welcome. Thank you. Andy, Andy, Andy. Gnome. Gnome. Believe it or not, since you're looking at my bald head, I used to have very, very curly hair as a child. My dad called me Wizhead. <laughs> Hang, Hang on. Wizhead? Wizhead. All right, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Wizhead. Like, That's what he called me. Wizhead. Like peeing on somebody. Wiz. Like taking a Wiz. Probably or, more like Cheese Wiz. Like, you know, like a can of Cheese Wiz? But that's not, that's Easy Cheese. No, the Cheese Wiz is a brand too. Easy Cheese is like the, che- the other I don't brand. Think, no, I don't it think. It didn't have anything to do with I think with they're both made by Kraft. No. I think so. Easy Easy Cheese was my We're already off the rails. <laughs> easy Cheese was what like we do. <laughs> I, I did I did when I was in, in 03 in my, my tour in Iraq, I would do somebody would ship me my parents mainly would ship me boxes upon boxes of Skyline Chili. <laughs> that is you. That is me as a four year old. That's Reggie like, Andy. You look like four-year-old. Shirley Temple or something. I'm telling you, it was freaking curly, man. That's amazing. Like, all right, all right, I am so glad this is audio only right now because <laughs> otherwise this picture would be up all over. But uh, easy cheese. So yes, Kraft is cheese whiz. Do they make cheese whiz in an aerosol container though? That's the question. I've never seen it. I'm not uh, saying it doesn't easy, exist. Easy cheese is definitely not Kraft. It's made by Mondelez International. Oh, that's, that's who makes cheese it. No. Cheese it. I don't know. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Did you make that up? Or? No. I mean, I'm not going to Google it. No, I think yet. they also own Oreo. All right, so let's see if cheese I thought they were Nabisco. Yeah, Nabisco, I think, got bought by that company. Oh, okay. That I'll believe. I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not in this industry. I'm, I'm not in that industry. All right, this is going to get complicated because there's whole articles about this. Did cheese <laughs> with this? What, what is the, the Mandela effect or whatever? Yeah, what is that? Uh, the Nelson Mandela effect, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is. They also call jars. it the Berenstein Bears effect. I might have to edit things out. <laughs> I read here. Do you know? Uh, do you no. know? You know about the Berenstein Bear effect? While Go we're talking it. about this, do it. The, the spelling tell, tell of the spelling Berenstein. of Berenstein and Berenstein. Yeah. Like most people remember it spelled one way. Yeah. Or it's it's something like thirty. It's it, it's like half and half. And if you look at it, it's not spelled right now. There's there, the common thing is is, well, you know, it was always Berenstain Bears. It wasn't Berenstein. But when I was a kid, I specifically remember it being yeah, Berenstain. Yeah, everybody pronounced it Berenstain. Uh, and I can remember seeing the book covers and everything. Look at that! They did. I never saw I that. Am. So I must have been yes. in the other universe. This is when that was around. And leave us alone. We're doing important podcasting. Clearly. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a damn minute. You don't be mean to the woman that keeps refilling our beers, no. Do not do that. I, do I'm not do there. that. <laughs> so that's our sustainability officer. <laughs> that's actually the point of why we're having you guys on this week and next week. Two weeks in a row. Two so weeks we'll, in a row. We're going to be back we're gonna here. We're going to go back to the future. We're going to be back here next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It'll all make sense in a week Maybe, maybe not I'm telling you this time She's trails. trying to run away so she doesn't have to be on this <laughs> You should run away Ann There's a lot of craziness going on over here um, And that child is shirtless 
It happens. It does happen. Okay. I guess. Whatever. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Look it up sometime. I don't want to keep going. I'm gonna. Well, talk. let's. I, I'm gonna say that that's part of it too because I don't remember that ever coming in an aerosol can like but that. But to me, like if you said, "What's the can? Yeah. It, what's the cheese in a can?" I was. I think my first. I, I think I would say cheese was first. No, cheese Even was. I always I, think of in the glass in jar. jar. Yeah, but I don't know why that would. I would say that because you from that universe, when you crossed over to this one somehow, where that <laughs> well, was a thing. Wait a minute now. He is from north of the wall. I know. Yeah, maybe up there He's, we have it. Up there. It, this is a wildling invention. <laughs> well, I'm from Milford, though. <laughs> That's not That's north close of to the wall, wall, though. That's close to the wall. You're in, you, you, you were inside the wall in Milford where you grew up, right? Yeah. yeah well, I inside, mean, I'm talking 275. 275 is the wall. No, I'm on the other side, but barely. All right, yeah, you're close enough. Yeah, no, if you're if you're north of 275, like going up 71, 75, you're, you are a wildling. Yeah, yeah. And things are just different. Like, like says the Kentucky. <laughs> like che- can cheese. Let's yeah. drink a beer. From the beer fridge. <laughs> I don't think we've had this one on the show. We haven't. I don't think so. All right. Uh, the Berliner. Berliner. Or the Berliner style Weiss beer. I think all, is what you're supposed all to say. All up in your Berliner. Well, it's a, no, it's a called a Berliner Weiss style. Okay. All right. Go on. You can call it either way. Go on. Tell everybody why. I'm going to give you more of this. I don't think you have enough. Shit. <laughs> no, tell everybody why it's the Berliner Weiss style, Reynolds. Uh, because it's specific to a region. So, like, there, there's only certain okay. beers that are like that per the TTB, which I think is... This is a conversation I believe you had with Brad Clark. many times. Um, and I think it's silly. I think it's extremely silly. <laughs> because you can't call, like, a Lambic. Lambics have to be made in that region. Right. Kolsch has to be made in that region. You're going to have a Kolsch style. You can have a Berliner Weiss style, but you can't have... Which which one of these are regulated through the TTB, though? That's Berlin, what I, I could tell you Berliner Weiss is. Is because it? Because it, it references a city. And usually if it references a specific city, they're going to say you can't do but that. But doesn't West 6 just call theirs Berliner Weiss? I don't yes. know. Yeah, yes. like I, I don't think yeah, there's any here's, legal... Here's the other problem with this, right? The TTB is all about who approves your stuff. It, it's there. I, I know too much about this because my wife works for the IRS and she's got a friend that transferred to the TTB. But it's it's very different than tequila. You cannot make something in the United States that's an agave spirit and call it tequila. You can't get away with that. Well, but, but that's also... That that's a little bit more standard than so many different beer types that are out, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, I, I think what you wind up with is you have these. I, I I'm almost certain our Kolsch is approved under just straight Kolsch, not Kolsch style. Um, but what you have is you have these workers. They call them teleworkers. They work from home. They get these labels emailed to them from the TTB. It, it goes through somewhat of a pre-screening process, looking to make sure that. You know, your size match, right, right. your sizes match up and everything like that. But then after that, it goes to this person that reads over, make sure that you have your government warnings on it. Make sure that it, I could give you the prime example, right? We thought about bottling flush of the pumpkin and my my um, keg collars approved for it. But the bottle was denied for having the exact same verbiage on it. And I, it's, it's all about person. who... Who catches it and what they catch? So if they don't catch that, it... That makes me want to pound my head on the table. Oh, you have no idea. Well, 
The other thing well, is everything is that, makes you want to pound your head. Well, the, the other thing though is too on arcade collars. Like we put these per the TTB, you have to have beer, ale, stout, lager, something that describes what it is in that keg. Not not something that somebody's gonna be like, oh, I want this Kolsch soda. It's gonna <laughs> imply that it's alcoholic, right? By putting by labeling it that. So what we did to get around that hurdle was we created we have a checkbox. It's both for our six tools and our our half barrels, and one says half barrel, one says six tool. Right. Well, what we wound up doing is we wound up taking it and writing of beer behind it to get around this, right? So we had like 19 labels approved, keg collars approved, because beer was said there. Then one guy decided to decline it, and then ever since then, we have to put it in the name of the beer <laughs> now, too. It's... If you work for the TTB, I'd love you. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to put you down. It's just, it's too subjective. If you work for the TTB, <coughs> I need you to call the drunk line and explain this shit. Gnome, what's the number? Uh, 56770-DRINK. All right. So, TTB, call and explain this randomness <laughs> yeah. because we have hey, we have questions. Don, you rock and roll. Don, if anybody doesn't know, Don Marsh. Don Marsh. Don Marsh. He, he was, he was, a guy. Part, he was part of our, um, he was brewed on the Big Sis with us. He's our intern from Cincinnati State. He does a hell of a job. He's currently working his butt off while yeah, everybody else we're all sitting here drinking. drinking. Yeah, he's he's finishing up a long day, and it's been a long day for us. What yeah. is he brewing today? So See he's brewing, yeah, it's... <laughs> Wait, we're talking about beer now? <laughs> um so we're part despite of, how much I would love to dive down the uh, styles again and try to understand we're not this we're not di- you, thing. you're not going to understand it and I that's can't. why you're not going to understand it that's all I'm telling you because there are times like like folks just said that I just want to bang my head on the wall mm-hmm. and I'm like why are they denying this I don't they said oh you didn't put beer on this label it says beer right here so it says Alexandria Brewing Company <laughs> look it is what it is, and I know that they they all have. Um, they have quotas to meet of how many they no, deny every month. <laughs> no, they the, what they what they have is they have um, they have an, an SOP that they have to follow. Black and that's black and white, right? But the thing is, is that there's is so many things that can be subjective. House of black and white. I don't know about saying that here. We might get sued. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let's um let's go back. So. We got invited to participate. Actually, um, Eric Tanner, who was on the show, maybe my first or second. No, it was probably my second or third time. No, wait, first. Wait a minute. Wait no, a minute. no. The first one was with Mike. With was with Mike. Wait, wait. Uh, no, we were at Paradise for the. Oh first yeah, one. he was there, wait, and that, but that was with Mike. Speaking yeah. of, this is a new show. Yes. Yeah. No, we're, does we're, that make him went back in time? Oh, that, that messes everything up. It does mess everything up. So today, so now today you tie <laughs> Evan Rouse for the most appearances. And on next the show. week, when he says you tie Evan, I lied. He lied. You took the the record for eleven. Wow. So this is number ten. Eleven times. You're a damn interesting fellow, Reynolds. <laughs> I guess. Either he's, that or I kiss enough ass. Right now, I don't easy. Know. What's that? <laughs> I said he's only at ten right now. Easy. Either that or I kiss oh. enough ass. I don't know. Um, so, Eric Tanner. Sorry, I'm getting text messages. My daughter wants a boat. <laughs> My two-year-old has decided she, lo- she needs a boat. She like looks like she wants a boat. She oh, needs a boat. That, that was that was bath time. That was yeah, <laughs> she needs a boat. Well, there's a boat. I can see why it's on. Tonight. I can see why it's on her mind. Just pick one up on your way home. It's the yeah. season. Go yeah. for it, man. It's boat season. It's, it's boat season. <laughs> Sorry, Eric Tanner. 
So Sorry, Eric, Eric, Eric contacted me. <laughs> Excuse me. And asked me. And asked me. You like that? If you think this show is going to go off the rails, just wait till the next one. Oh, goodness. Jesus. So <laughs> he, he asked, like, hey, I'm thinking about putting together a beer festival. And that's kind of what it started as was a beer festival. And then it kind of changed and evolved. But it's a sustainability. They're calling it sustainability suds or sustain, sustainable suds. Sustainable suds, yeah. You can um, read about them at gnarlydome.com. Uh, new and improved at gnarlydome.com. I, I know he's still involved, but I don't think he's running it now. Um, sorry, gravity came in good. So we're. Um, oh, I thought that was for the song. It was. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah, it's a great song. Um, so. <laughs> See how easy it is to get him off track. Eric and I, Eric and I talked about this, and we kind of worked on a couple of things. Like, well, at first he wanted to incorporate. You know, local ingredients grown at local farms, and it's springtime. And he wanted to get it around Earth Day. With it being springtime, it's kind of tough to get right things that are local, right? Um, you know, most of our produce is coming from the southern hem- hemisphere into this time of year, and of course, we've well, <laughs> like I mean, I guess that makes sense. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's summer there; it's winter here, right? You I say mean, it like it should make sense just quickly, and it doesn't quickly. <laughs> I don't know. I overthink things. I okay? just always go to the grocery store, and it's always wait. there. Like I well, don't understand. There's also in my a lot head. of greenhouse. Wait, wait a minute. But I don't in my head. Like I don't understand like where my food actually when comes from. When did you start from, doing so. that? What you said? You you think about a lot of things. When did that start? Never. <laughs> okay. Year, years upon years upon oh, years ago, my friend. So when when <laughs> before before he got. Busy opening this place up before he's he was always like, been busy opening this place no, up from the I mean, day like, I met no, him. Like, like hands on <laughs> when it was hands on, uh, October first of twenty seventeen. Right was when you could come in officially and start working. Uh, we started in September. I'm aware. I was yeah, here. Yeah, but before that, we'd talk a couple times a week, and I, he'd say, "Folks, I got a quick question for you." An hour and a half later, I'd go, "Hey, wait a minute, man. What was your question?" <laughs> <laughs> There's always like, a backstory to my question, yeah, too, and then yeah, that like, takes us off to another topic. Yeah. So back in 1789, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I've got an overactive mind, I guess. I don't Did know. we ever actually talk about thing. Berliner Weiss? We, we started talking about the <laughs> no, style we, we and got, the TTB. Yeah, we never even talked about this We never even talked about the beer we were drinking. We, we got so this far is, off this track. Is, this is really from the beer fridge. off track got back on track to the topic we were supposed to talk about after, uh-huh. after from the beer That's fridge. what I'm saying. That was That's basically let's a phone call about, with uh, Reynolds right there. All right. All right. Hang on. <laughs> we, are, we are now back on topic. Okay, so from the beer fridge, okay. we're drinking a beer. From the beer fridge. All right, here we are. We're back where we need to be. All right, explain this Berliner Weiss talk about this, style. Talk about this beer a little bit. We're not like, talking about the style. We're just going to call it a Berliner Weiss. Okay, okay, cool. Excellent. Um, I'm for that. So we, um, basically, my favorite Berliner is... 1809. I like a lot of them. Okay. I like a sour. I like the American style, but 1809 is the traditional German. Right. If you haven't had a chance to have it or find it, try to find a fresh bottle because I haven't found yeah. one for two, three years. Every one I find is like 2015 or older and don't drink it that way. That's, that's also like the, the downside of these imported styles yeah. now. It's like it's so hard to find them good and fresh. Yes. And Party Source used to always get it fresh, but they were tough. They never kept it in stock. Right. I mean, it would just sell out as soon as they got it. I can guarantee it's on the shelf at Party Source right now. I can guarantee it's on the shelf at Jungle Gems. 
But I, I don't probably, know. You just you gotta. It's it's hit or miss though, and it's also their distributor too. It's not even sure. them that that this problem comes from, because it is coming over from Germany and and whatever. It's it's apparently as original as it can get, and it's based on an old Berliner recipe. Now the Berliner was brewed just outside of Berlin at a brewery that. At, the story goes they accidentally let their wort sour overnight, so they actually do sour wort, right. um, which is a term. It, it's a it's a form of kettle souring. If we want to get here, we go again. Do it. Type. Go for it. All right. So, mad scientist, folks. They well, let last week's show. We talked a little bit about kettle or souring. Or next week's? Uh, no, last. It was definitely last week's. Well, the the time traveling show again with Urban Artifact. We talked about. Oh, that. Yeah. That, that one was. There was a lot yeah. of discussion about okay. kettle souring. So. Kettle souring. Yeah. Okay, so ma- mash souring now. is kind of like kettle souring, except you let your mash go bad. The problem with that is, is that it can put out like this. We'll call it a distinctive odor. It smells like garbage mm-hmm. if if you don't hit it quick enough, and if you. So your goal is to keep the temperature of that mash, which the mash will hold the temperature a lot better than the wort will, right? So if we're talking about it. Just to kind of explain the difference for those of you who have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Your mash is a combination of water and grist, which is just your grains cracked open. um, That sits at a certain temperature and unlocks enzymes. So what they do is they run it up to the temperature, which is sacrification rest, which is your primary temperature rest. Sack rest. You're talking about sack rest. Yeah, sack rest. Resting your sack. And then... Then they just let it cool down by itself, and natural. I hear people call it bugs. I hear people call it critters. It's it's lactobacilli is going to build up on it. Um, a lot of them just pitch regular fresh pilsner malt, and that'll have it on there, so it won't be cracked at all. It just grows naturally on the malt itself, and they'll just throw it in there, and that'll help that growth happen. So, a couple days later. The story goes is that they had a problem or something. I, I don't know, but they let the be- they let the mash sit, and then they were like, "Well, what are we going to do? Are we going to try to run it anyways?" And they ran it anyways and boiled it, and it turned out to be fantastic. It's it's like a really light beer that's soured slightly, and a lot of people call it like the gateway to sours, which I don't like that I don't like term. That. Because like if you could have like three I, Floyd's Berliner, I mean that's that's a punch in the face. But so, well, and to, to, to me, me, it's it's not a sour. It's not so in in my head, and there are people that will argue with you about this. But it's not supposed to be a sour beer. It's supposed to have like a little bit of like a tart. It's more tart than sour to it. But like it's just yeah. it's. I would say your gateway sour beers are the ones that are heavily fruited that are also sweet. Yeah. And, you and, know, and like, I, like I, a Midwestern fruit tart. Yeah. I tend to agree with what, with what you're saying in terms of that, but. But it because is Berliners a are sour. Little, because they are technically a sour well, for sure, but have, they're have gentler sour. Have, even, even, even Finn from River Artifact yes. is, is sour. Yes. Where ours is more of like, it's traditional. Yes, it's um, very Now, Finn is also a Berliner pale, and ours is a true Berliner Weiss, which means it's wheat. That's all you're talking about. Um, I mean, Weiss, the little, the literal translation mm-hmm. translation is white, but right. but it, it means it's, it's a wheat beer. It's like a light wheat beer with a little bit of a... I call I, it a tartness. Mm-hmm. I think he nailed it the first time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it, 
I feel like we've shifted gears like in like the craft beer world though. I feel like if you say tart, people get something in their head that isn't really what it, this beer is. I, I think of it as lemonade. That's yeah. I mean, it's kind of that same level of tartness. Not even. Yeah. Like, well, you can have some sour lemonades, but like more of like the sweeter side lemonades, okay. I would think. Um, so what I did is I looked at that recipe. Now, I don't have their recipe by any means, but I just said, okay, I really like the way that I don't that think they didn't even tech. I mean, I guess well, they, they found they, they an old one and brought somebody. it back. They talked to somebody that, in theory, worked for the brewery. I thought they had like they a were, scrap of paper or something yeah, I, I like don't, that. So... The style pretty much died along with Goza. It was it kind yeah. of went away, and then they were trying to recreate it from people who either worked at the breweries or found notes from the brewery, that kind of thing, and then tried to recreate it. Yeah. And then now here in the United States, we're trying to recreate that, and like it becomes like this. Well, it becomes what big, we do. We, we make everything extreme. But it's 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 also like we're fair. we're trying to understand what it was, and like it was not purposely soured. It was not... Well, it, it was purposely sour, but they didn't understand what they were doing back then. Well, that's the, well, that's the purpose thing. It's yeah. So so now, what the way we do it is we actually kettle sour it. So the difference between mash and kettle souring is, is that we transfer our... We, we basically transfer the entire ward over to the kettle. We, we run... Now, some people will say they put CO2 through it all night. I'm not a fan of doing that. I'll, I'll put CO2 on top of it. Um, and then we run our, we have a mash mixer that I can put down into the kettle. I just run that all night, stirring it up. And I pitch, uh, believe it or not, I pitch, um, Icelandic yogurt into mine, which has two, two good strains of lacto, lactobacilli is what we're talking about. Um, that will build up and, and I get a pretty quick build up 12 to 17, 12 to 17 hours. I get, I three, seven is my target pH on it and I hit it. I think that's, uh, with a lot of the places locally, as far as when they're kettle souring or quick souring, I think that's kind of the, the technique that people are using is, is yogurt. Well, you, well, you can buy a straight pitch, but yogurt... But I, I think f- most places are, are still using yogurt. Well, it, it works better. Huh. Um, so you can operate... From what I found, I can get yogurt to, to grow... A good culture of lactobacilli. I, I say most places, as in places that are quick souring or kettle souring. Yeah, before kettle Urban souring. Artifact gives me shit, but they're right. not using yogurt. Well, I mean, but but I under they're they're more <laughs> traditional, like right. in terms of like the Belgian sours, right? right? Not like yes, but I don't have the kind of tanks that they have right. where I can't I can't afford to get lactobacilli into my so my IPA. In theory, within the next, from when you're listening to this, like the next month and a half or two months or so, we're going to have a show that we're going to really dive into this. We're going to do what I'm calling the, the sour community. Um, everybody that's doing major sour programs, no offense, you don't have a no, major I, sour I, program. I I'm working um, so on the, it the Urban Artifacts, the Rheingeist, the Streetside, Saunders, these places, Rivertown, these places that are doing these really crazy big sour programs. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do a big community kind of uh, well, panel show where we, we, we dive into what it is. Saunders does have, I'm sorry. I want to be at that panel show, but I just want to drink. I don't have to say a damn thing. <laughs> well, yeah, because I think I I'm out of microphones. Now, now Saunders does I just want to try everything. <laughs> Instead of yogurt, they actually have the the kettle sour pitch. They've got a holding tank underneath their brew house for it, which is amazing to me. Um, but really, 
all you're doing is, is you know, we just let it sit overnight. We hit our target pH, and then we boil it to kill off that lactobacilli right. that built. Now, you will get this really interesting yogurt smell in the brewery the day you're boiling it off, but that also gets rid of it in the, in the boil off. It does keep it from being vegan-friendly, which, which kind of... You know, out where I'm at, I don't think it's as big of a deal. <laughs> there are um, no vegans down here. There certainly are. They're on your dinner plate. Um, but there are there are other people that would be concerned with that. And, and that's another reason to go with the other pitch. But what I, what I was getting at is we hold ours at like 115 to 120. And I feel like we don't get a lot of the other, um, like pediococcus and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We won't get that building up at that temperature. So taking one step back to the whole yeah. vegan friendly thing yeah. if you are using yogurt to create this this bacteria and to build that and then yeah. you're you're boiling to kill off all of the stuff yeah why, why isn't it vegan friendly well and, and the yogurt gone. never really you're, makes it into the beer anyways you're, but you're boiling it off I can't. I can't speak yes. to that. It, it was touched uh, by an animal the, project product. The gnome. The gnome says it's vegan friendly. No, well, it, it was touched by an animal product. It's and I'm comparing this to like a kosher food. Yeah, but, that there's very strict rules about how you can and can't, and and that's kind but, of in your ballpark with your yeah. one law class. Um, that you know you can call something this because of this, but if it any kind of animal product touches something, it can't. That's be the vegan. FDA. But I mean, there were right. animals. Used in fertilizer on fields, and I mean, like, well, but that's not the same it. type that's of right. animal no, product. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that you could technically go out and take care of that yourself, or they could take every humans in the. I mean, we could reuse our sewer. People could make kind of yogurt too. Probably Sound like Gandhi. <laughs> People probably could make yogurt too, but we're we're off the rails. <laughs> but no let's not get into shit. that. <laughs> Okay. But is that an animal wait, product? So wait a minute. So it, it, I, we're talking about fertilizer, and I just said no shit. So okay, um. <laughs> we boil it, we kill off that, and then we put it in. We put it in a fermenter, and we ferment it with regular yeast, and, right. and that's now with ours. We do add um, lemon peels to it that that give it a little bit more of an extra mm-hmm. lemony kick, and then there's also a little bit of black pepper and a little bit of seed of paradise or seeds of paradise or grains of paradise, paradise, whatever you want to call it, or paradise seeds. There's like multiple names for it, but it's all, it's all the same thing. And that doesn't come out until it warms, but I I just said, what can I do? I never knew that you put uh, black pepper in here, but as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh my God, that's that thing that I get. That's yeah. I think it just balances it it out just a little bit, kind of gives it a little bit more complexity than just the straight 1809 was. Now, what we offer is, it's called Himber Syrup, and mm-hmm. it's just German raspberry syrup is, is what it is. And So, can, can we talk about the one that I tried that you don't have out right now? What's that? I thought that one was damned interesting. Which one? The hop syrup. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, Dude, that well, was so fantastic. Brent at, uh, or, I'm sorry, Brett, not Brent, at uh, Urban Artifact, when I, I, I talked to them before they open um, and he let me try they actually made this really good hop syrup and they just they don't they never went forward with it I guess they had it very briefly at the very beginning yeah yeah and and that stuff that was amazing to me it was like honey sugar Mm -hmm. and condensed hops I couldn't get my hops to match what they did and I don't know if they maybe it was just because they used whole hops but I I tried everything I could I tried cheesecloth I just I always got a green tint to it and Mm -hmm. it was a little bit more bitter than I wanted it to be. Um, so the person I was here with tonight, 
that I tried it. Yeah. Huge hop head, right? Yeah. So, um, me, I'm more of a sour, Belgian, whatever kind of guy. That syrup made this Berliner excellent to both of us. So, just it's, if you... We, we've thought about it, and, and honestly, I'm just trying to figure out, like... No, I'm just trying to publicly push you into saying you'll bring it back, <laughs> because if it's public, then you're going to have to do it. It's a possibility. <laughs> See, and All right, I, folks, he just said he's doing it. You heard it here. You heard it here first. And I could care. Look, it, it's a time thing, though, too, because this last batch that we made, I have been, people have been demanding this since we ran out on, like... Absolutely. We actually ran out at the Big Sis show, and people have been demanding it since Wait, then. Wait, it just I now got back? Yeah. Yeah, Anne actually made Don, it. Don, what have you been doing? Anne actually made it for for us. I haven't had the, the time. Like, when I get home, I'm just so beat. Well, sure. I, you know, I, I make it. It's homemade. I make it. So it's one of those things that I don't really want to sit down after brewing all day and brew syrup. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm going to relax and veg out. So anyways, we offer that as a side. You don't have to get it in there. You don't have we, we try to do it a la carte, so you put it on yourself exactly. and yourself, um, but you don't have to. Our bartenders can put it in, too. Personally, I like it when I, when I do use that stuff. I like putting a heavy amount in to where it's like a, a pink instead of just right. a it, couple it, of drops. The, when, what you added to mine turned it pink, and it was very sweet. Yeah. I, I like it as an accent, so I don't usually put as much because I do and like the tartness. I don't like it at all. I, I, I like well, the beer the way it is. And that's fine, like the, too. Yeah. That's, so we, there you go, guys. You got three That's different takes on so, it. So, like, when you come, like, get your beer, try it, try it, squirt a little bit, try it, squirt a little bit more, try it. Just figure out your place. The, the whole point when they ca- the Germans did that, it's just so you mm-hmm. can have a way to balance out the sour. Because believe it or not, it was too sour for <laughs> sure. the Germans. And if you've had eighteen oh nine, it's it's not. I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I'd say as, I'd say like as as Americans, a pretzel in this, might be more sour. In this, like in this craft <laughs> wow. beer thing that's happening, especially now with sour beers kind of growing in popularity, like we've gotten accustomed to some really crazy sour beers, and like the uh, the, the the amount of tartness that we are yeah. <laughs> accustomed to. Um, so let's let's talk about. <laughs> I gotta stand up. <laughs> let's talk about uh, sustainability, buddy. All right. So back to Eric Tanner. <laughs> sustainable sustainable he, suds. He's a he's a young he's a he's a terrific fella. So He's um, been on the show like a couple of times. He was there the day we brewed at my at my backyard too. Uh, the rainy day brew day. Yeah. Um, just on the gnarlydome.com I'm pretty sure you can probably type in the little search bar Eric Tanner and all the shows will come up that he's been on. Um, he was him and his, Anthony Stober founded Brewers Buddy. They we've kept in contact over the years and um, well since I met him at at, at uh, Mike the last show I was on with no, I was on another show that never got released with Mike. Yeah. Um, so he was on that too. But and we were actually brewing on so they, they found sort, of, a, they, sort of brewing. Huh? They found they found they founded <laughs> Brewers Buddy. Yeah, that was a that's a good one. Um, we actually yeah. Sorry, I missed that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It never it never got released. I think you can probably still get on Periscope, and it's probably on there. So um, we uh, he he approached me about this project that he wanted to put together, and like I said, it, it's. It's now something, it morphed into this Earth Day project that we're all releasing it on Earth Day. Um, and the goal was to make your brewery more sustainable. 
Uh, so that was a tough one for us because we're pretty sustainable already. When we when we moved into this building, we converted all the what do you call those? Those high halogen lights that like are in basketball gyms and stuff like that. We converted all those to LEDs. <clears throat> what does it mean to be sustainable? Like just. Well, so it's it's through the the Brewers Association is a big part of like the sustainability movement. Um, like I said, my wife is our uh, our sustainability officer for the brewery, so she's like she's assigned to that for the brewery. Is she's she our have contact. A badge? Yeah, she no. It says sustainability it's a lady. Badge. <laughs> no, she's um, but that she handles it. I mean, it, it's mainly we update. It's about data gathering first, so we just data data. You gather like what your electric usage is, what your gas usage is every month, month over month. And then after your first year or so, they kind of, okay, well, here's how you're trending. Here's ways that we can improve it. They put you in with contacts. There's a lot of like tax credits and things like that that you can get. I mean, we got a huge tax credit on these, these LED lights from Duke. And that was actually a Duke credit. I'm sorry. Um, but they they put you in contact with resources that that help you that help you become more sustainable and, 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 and more this environmentally is, this is friendly. Any brewery can do. Yeah, it, well, any. I think they're even opening it up to people that aren't members of the Brewers Association, which you know it's most are. But just in general, like even as like consumers, like Duke, like pushes really hard to get you to switch out your light bulbs to they'll come out to your house and they'll quote unquote sustainable light bulbs they'll put in uh, weather stripping for you they'll do all sorts of stuff if you call Duke so Duke is actually one of the better companies about that which surprised the crap out of me because you know they they always seem like they're pretty greedy and you know they well I mean they're still well they're saving money (laughs) that way and they're still still. anyways let's not get into that let's just go that they're probably getting their own tax credits (laughs) so we we tried to figure out okay what can we possibly do because again we put in these led lights we replaced our lights we um we uh already reclaim our uh our cooling water which is the water that we use to cool the beer down to pitching temperatures which is when you add the yeast so we put that back into our hlt it reduces the energy load to heat that water back up because that water comes back into the hlt at closer to 100 120 degrees versus coming in at 60 which is what our tap water is running right now um so big benefit there um just doing that i mean we're saving water we're saving energy um all of our all of our spent grain doesn't go into the dumpster we've got a farmer that it goes to right um we reuse our yeast uh, as many generations as we can um you know, it, it's all sorts of things like that that we we built into our business. Um, now, granted, the building we're in is not the best for energy efficiency, but it is it's it works. I mean, it's well insulated. Right. Um, so we thought, okay, well, what can we possibly do that we don't have in place? And what we came up with was we have this um, this we don't we do not have. I don't know some breweries that you've been to. I don't know if you know what it is, but it's basically just the CIP cart. It's got two tanks on it. One's one's wash, one's sanitizer, and you hook a hose up to it for direct water. Sometimes it doesn't. Some are just wash and rinse. Most of the time, if, if a brewery has that, and you go on a tour, they're pointing it out and getting really excited about yeah. the fact that they. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I mean, they're expensive. Yeah. There are some that are a little bit cheaper, but 
you know, they are, they're not, it's cheaper than my keg washer, but not by much. Right. Um, and so we don't have one of those. And most of the time when we wash our tank, we dump the caustic, we dump the water, and that's it. I mean, it's 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 environmentally safe. It's diluted enough that it's like dumping chlorinated water down. It, it's not that big of a deal, um, considering how much other stuff goes down our right. drain on a regular basis. So, well, no, it's just it's the brewing process. I, I mean, they say it takes seven gallons of water to make one gallon of beer. Um, so what we and that that includes cleaning and everything. So what we did is we just said, okay, start to finish. We're going to use the same wash. We're going to use the same rinse water. So we went through, we filled our tank up, which Don just put yeast into right now, um, with our caustic, which is our cleaning solution. We ran our cleaning cycle on that, pumped that into our mash tun as we raked it out. So we had to hurry up, rake all the grains out so we can put that in there. Heated it back up in there, got done rinsing or washing that out, took that water and moved it over to... It's now in our, I saw him do it, it's now in our in our kettle. So we've used the same water for cleaning three vessels when normally each one would get their own. Yeah. Um, now, our concern was is that if the caustic turned too dark, we were going to dump it because then it just becomes a health issue. Not really a health issue, but a, a quality control yeah. issue. And it didn't. So, it, it's you know, we got site glasses in place. For those of you that are worried, that, that we <laughs> check the color of the water the whole way through and make sure that it's not getting too nasty and that it's not you know we're not we're not carrying a bunch of nasty I, stuff i'm not gonna it. worry about it till the beer tastes funny personally well it won't make it into the beer anyways but right. a lot of people don't understand well, I know that either that, I know. um you know you want the cleanest to be in the fermentation tank and and that's sure. how we started it so we actually emptied that fermentation tank this morning put it into our bright and then we started from the fermentation tank and as we just moved through kind of worked our way backwards through the brewing process and cleaning it. So, sustainable suds is a like a contest. It, it, okay, so my understanding it's a competition that you're going to be judged on three different beers. I don't know how they're judging it at this point. Do you? Um, I do, kind of. Um, <laughs> they are. There's going to be three prizes, right? To the brewers participating. Um, most sustainable brew. So whoever comes up with the most things that were sustainable about that beer the top fundraiser which is a whole other aspect that i haven't heard a whole lot of details about about how that's going to be figured out because there are some breweries that it's going to be a whole lot easier for them to yeah fundraise than others but um, and, and that was a tough thing for us where count us out of that one and then and then fan favorite obviously i assume that's just a uh, community-wide voting on what beer was the best yeah. Again, I haven't heard details and about how that's going to work, though. I'm hoping, you know, we did, a, but it, it's, and I was talking to you about this before we started. We even got plants in here that, that eat our CO2. You know, right. I found high, but we already had that in place. So how do you improve upon something that you've already built your business around? Fertilize your plants. Give, make, make them better. We do. There's actually, there's spent grain in there. <laughs> but Spent grain from this, this batch? Not from that batch, Put no. some in there. <laughs> Yeah, Don right now. Quick. Right now, grab some. Put some Don in there. Quick. <laughs> um, no, nah, we can't do that. I mean, that's not a hard thing for us to do. It's just, I mean, but you see how little those plants are. They're new, right, they're right. young plants. So, um, uh, so breweries involved in the competition. You guys, obviously, uh, Fibonacci, 
again to me Advanced. obviously yeah. um, high grain I don't really understand that one we'll talk about that in a second uh, Queen City and Swine City so high grain is already built more sustainable than we are I think yeah. they even have solar panels and stuff but they so don't I have don't know. beer so how how is I that I thought they did no as far as I know they don't I mean and I say as far as I know being they don't have a brewing license I, I, th- they don't I think that they're I think that they goal, have not they're brewed opening on their, they have not brewed on their system. Okay, legally. Let me let me back this up. They're supposed to have it before Earth Day. So the the contest starts on Earth Day, April twenty second, yeah. which is quickly approaching, and it ends on Memorial Day. Yeah. So maybe as long as they have beer in that window, I I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't I, think their first batch is going to exist before May twenty seventh. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about them. I've never met anybody from there. There's a lot of dust there still. Let's just put it that way. Okay. <laughs> they have a, they, their brew system is in, um, and Where it's probably they? in place in Silverton. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They're, they're a ways away from my understanding. I, I, I don't know if maybe they're just, but, maybe they're brewing on another system. And maybe maybe they don't anticipate really like really partaking in the competition side of things as much as being involved just to help well, uh, spread, spread awareness of yeah, it's, Again, it's, my understanding is, is that yeah. they built that entire brewery to be a sustainable brewery, yeah. and that might be what... Right. Maybe they're just going for the most sustainable yeah. category. Sure. Because well, if you improved your space that much in that time frame, hey, well, good job. <laughs> when, I, when I post this show on Monday, I will call them out on social media and say, how the hell are you guys uh, in this? Because where's the beer? And... So, Maybe we'll talk about it. So that, that's like that's a great motto for the show for the rest of the year. Where's the beer? <laughs> Where's the beer? Yeah, because you know I'm looking at a fucking empty glass. But we're <laughs> you got legs. <laughs> Sorry, we did like an extra show. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um. So yeah. So it's it's about it's it's not necessarily about the contest side of things. It's about spreading no. awareness of, of yeah. An industry that is, it's hard because like as much as craft beer is, is, is crazy about sustainability and about progress, it's not the most sustainable industry. Well, it, mm. it, it is and it's not. I mean, you got to think, of, number one, where's your location, right? right? Because like an area like this, we have plenty of wa- groundwater, at least at this point, that, you know, we're not, anytime it goes down, we've got good, we've got good sewer processing centers that are taking all the, the chemicals and stuff that we dump or the wort that we dump, cleaning it up, making it clean water again, and then we get it back as clean water. To me, that's 100% sustainable. Now, the energy that goes into it, and if you can figure out a way to reduce that anywhere, then then you're helping out with sustainability in terms of water. My, my but, favorite's still Alaskan brewing. Oh, they're they're one of the best. In they terms they of the are way absolutely that set up. the best. Are they? I love, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually had to call them. So we had a we had a report that we had to do in C, a presentation we had to do in Siebel, and it was a group project. And uh, I actually called them up. They're they actually got rid of everybody in. They're in Juno, right? Juno. Yeah. So everybody had the best you looking. Know where they are. They had the best looking lawns, the best looking garden. Because they had no place. Juno's can't hear the head you, pounding. You can't hear the head pounding on there. Right, right, gotta, <laughs> Juno, Juno's an island, right? And, and you could get there. It's not an island, but you cannot get there by car because it backs into a glacier. So it's on, yeah. the, it's on the land, but you have to either fly in or sail in. And so, so they had to figure out, once they got to a certain point, what do we do with our spent grain? 
So they spent a massive amount of money on what's called a, it's called a mash filter. I don't mm-hmm. know anybody in Cincinnati that has one, but it's possible. Maybe Sam Adams. Keep in so, mind, locally, not if you've got extra spent grain, there's a farm somewhere that yeah. will take it. Like to you can, you to can, a degree. They ran out of farmers in, in Juneau. They ran out of... in Alaska. It's well, a difference. There, there still was, but what they were doing, and when they launched in Ohio, I got to talk to their rep, whose name was Andy. No. Of course it is. Say, I'm say, not kidding. Say it ain't so. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, I know. So hard to believe in the brewing industry. So anyway, Andy and I were talking, and he he was describing this process to me, and he said, we're sending all this spent grain on a barge down to Washington State to farms down there. Well, it's rotten by the time it gets there. It took like three weeks to get there, which I'm going, cruise ships make it in two days. Anyway, whatever. I got to take his word on that. So he said, what do we do with this? And so you were talking about the mash filter, and they they take the spent grain and they dry it out, and they make bricks out of it that they use to fuel their next batch. So in their words, the more beer we make, the more beer we can make. They, they were actually, they were actually yes. until they figured out how to burn it, they were actually putting it in the sea, and it was restoring uh, a fish population there. It, it's amazing. That's crazy. It's, yeah. So, they, um, when, so this, this thing, the way it works is it's, they're, they're kind of longer, but they're like, it's like a big, I don't know, rectangle type I can't remember my shapes here not a cube but like the elongated cube that's a rectangle like a kind of a we'll say box a box there we go it's it's longer though it's it's actually like the size it depends it's all about the size of your your brew house but it could be you know from and and this isn't really going to help anybody let's say 10 feet long there's some actually there was one in Kentucky that's for sale I can't remember which brewery it was but they had I was like why do they have (laughs) And it's a 15, it was a 15. I think that's what they were saying, too. So, like, why do we have this? Let's sell it. It was a 15. No, they were selling the whole brew house. It was a brewery oh, that right. went out of business. It was um, a 15-barrel brew house. Why would you Why would you put that on a 15-barrel brew house? Now, mm-hmm. the thing is, is that it's incredibly efficient. Instead of using a regular mill, like we use um, the crack grain, you use a hammer mill, which just turns it into flour. And you mash at that. You dump everything out you don't have to lotter at all the mash filter does all the lottering and it just goes through these series upon series of filters where it just compresses it more and more and more and each time grain gets left behind and you wind up with these bricks that they just pull out after it's done it's crazy it's mm-hmm. a lot of the I, i'm sure Anheuser Busch uses it bite no. of one of those bricks well Sorry. what what they told me was you have to be producing a certain amount of beer for this to actually be... Well, for it to be viable, I, economically I guarantee viable. it's at least an 80-barrel system, maybe bigger. Right, and at the time, because this goes back two and a half years, nobody in Cincinnati was there. Well, still just one, right, you, that's on 80-barrel or bigger? No. Maya Tree, Ryan Geist, well, Sam Adams, they're both. Oh, yeah, right. Sam Tree's Adams. 100 but, barrel. But I don't think Ryan Geist says bigger. I thought they were 80. I don't think so. Maybe they're 60. 60? Taft is. I think they're they, 60. They're right about they that line, 80, too. 60, I don't 80. think so. Um, I, think I'm I don't know. We took most. that tour, but I'd had a couple in me that night. I, I'm trying to remember. I don't think it was quite there I, either. I, I, don't, I, don't, close, think is, I don't think anybody is. Over that line, other than Madry, but and it's Sam also Adams, about yeah, obviously. yeah. But it's also 
the farmer fact comes into it because we have a lot of farms around here too. So, sorry. No, you're fine. What's the uh, what's where's the where's the benefit if you've already got somebody? You're you're talking right. about rebuilding your brew house at a massive cost. That might not necessarily be all that sustainable for you because you're actually feeding the well, food source at, at a lower production level. Yeah. For certain. Yeah. Well, no, even at a higher production level. I mean, the best thing you're going to get out of it is efficiency more than anything else. But your, your big issue, too, is... So let's get a little bit more technical than we're already getting about these things, right? <laughs> um, your your Play-Doh, your degrees Play-Doh, you usually have to brew beers around that similar degree Play-Doh until... Or you have to reset set. You have to change settings on your on your mash filter. I'm not. I've never used one, so I can't speak to it. But that's just my understanding. That's what Alaskan told me. Is that you know, it gets frustrating when they have a bigger style coming on because then they've got to figure out what those settings are going to be. For the most part, they brew beer that's all at that same degree Play-Doh, and it just goes through the whole time without yeah. making much change to it. But you've got to brew a lot of the same style beer, like pale ales or, you know, things that fall. I'm not yeah, saying they, that. I was going to say that. No, they, they don't. don't. But a porter can fall in the same degree Play-Doh as a pale ale. I'm just saying. Okay. You, I mean, uh, but let's say let's say nine degree Play-Doh, right? I mean, you're looking roughly in that range. You're not going to get anything with a big ABV, or you're not going to you're not going to vary much. Is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. Right. <laughs> you okay? Stop. Some kind of sports Stop. game happening. <laughs> somebody, somebody just fell, and I was wondering if she's okay, but she seems to be. So, <laughs> is she okay? She fell pretty hard. She took a pretty nasty fall. Lesson learned. <laughs> All right. So, so back to. But, but that's that to me is incredible. So I don't know. I guess I guess my whole and, and the thing is is that even those those. <laughs> biscuits or cubes of grain you can use to feed you know sure. cow or whatever it's just not going to be you know it's not going to be as enjoyable for the cow well, it's not just that too it, that is part of it but there's also so what they do what my what my nephews do own the farm and my my brother-in-law owns the farm and my nephews pretty much run the farm now although my brother-in-law is a big part of it still too um they take and uh, put they mix it in with hay, so they'll yeah. they'll save okay. hay for the so it's still and it keeps it grass fed. So this way they right. don't have to supplement with corn over the winter. They can just right. use hay and mix that spent grain in. And because cows don't like hay, they like grass. I know that that seems weird. They'll they'll eat it because that's their option in the winter. Right. But they prefer grass over hay any any time any time. But you're so. also. You're, bigger picture you're, you're talking about sustainability as a whole and yeah. you know when you talk about a place like alaskan brewing company sustainability is not just the the, the actual animals eating the product it's that transportation yeah. it's the yeah. right it's all of it's that stuff that goes into it yeah. yeah. and they, they do this something similar to their water yeah, well I'm yeah. sure they do with every like. Uh, <laughs> well, they being, have to be. They've got non, no choice. Uh, not right. not necessarily an island, but being like in the bigger sense, like an island from everything around them. They're in this little tiny bubble. It's a stupid place to open a brewery. Well, no, lot, I mean you're, you're definitely fulfilling a need <laughs> up there, and yeah, I mean, but, but that's how they've grown as big as they've grown too. Right. But it's it, you know you, you're you're in this this bubble of existence and trying to find ways to make it work. Sustainability becomes. 
an crucial to yeah. to existing. Like it doesn't just become like a fun thing to talk about. It becomes how you make it all work, and that's. Um, I, I would like to dig into them a little more sometime just to see some of those. Yeah, things. and and they're everybody that I've talked to. There's incredibly nice yes. too. I mean, that's that's the other. If you ever wanted to get an interview with him, it would not be hard. I can I'll, actually give I'll you contact. Up. I'll drive up next week. I'll <laughs> give you contact <laughs> info. We, we, yeah, when when I was working at WCPOs, when I talked to them, and um, I met them at the opening, and the guy said, "Well, you should talk to our CE, whatever, our sustainability the, buddy." Yeah, whoever it was, and. I said, are they here? And the guy's like, well, no, but, you know, he's... It wasn't sustainable enough to bring yeah. them here. So, <laughs> so you know, you call up there and they, you know, who are you going to talk to? Oh, I'm supposed to talk to this guy. And I looked on their website. I'm like, this guy's not going to talk to me. Oh, yeah, right there. And he picked it up and he's like, yeah, I invited so-and-so in here too. And they, and they just, they were all so excited to be... And this was kind of about their Ohio opening. And right. I got so hung up on how they were brewing their beer that that's what I ended up <laughs> writing about. It's like, this is so cool. Why doesn't anybody do it down here? Yeah, and, and you don't have to here. Like, well, it doesn't necessarily make well, sense. And, it's, and that, again, it goes other, back to the size, yeah, too, yeah, that he yeah. told me. You know, like, mm. But it took them a long time to get to that yes, point, too, yes, though. I did. mean, they started they started the same, similar to I've, how we started, except I think they started 15 barrel. feel like it took them over 15 years to get to yeah. doing that. Yeah, you're probably right. So talk about your beer specifically. Okay. So we're doing a brewed IPA. Um, we're really trying to get it incredibly clear we actually want it to look like a champagne when it's all said and done um we wanted to have a brood ipa if people don't know super dry let's get my technical hat on again here (laughs) so we we use um breweries that make them and and back to the whole vegan vegetarian thing it's an enzyme my understanding derived from pigs no it's got to be derived from cows because it's kosher and um I can't remember the other, the other one that has to be. It is kosher certified, though, but it's not vegan certified. So it's derived from some sort of animal product. I'm sure it's something that they produce. It's called amyloglucidase. Um, we use the BSG, which is amylo 300. What that does is it cuts the six and I want to say the six and the four. Uh, chain of the sugar molecule or the carbohydrate molecule that that goes into beer mad scientist and but i am probably wrong i mean somebody's gonna come on and say no it's the six and the and, one and what number should they call to correct five six seven seventy drink so anyways it cuts that it actually so what you're talking about is you're talking about this this complex chain it's a dextrin um, it's borderline a carbohydrate. It's sugar that yeast can't eat, and it breaks that down into all sugar yeast can eat. So usually what you get in terms of fermentable sugar is about 75% of what your mash is. This is supposed to make it up to 100. Right. It, I don't think it actually ever gets at that point, but what you wind up with is you wind up with beers that finish below 1.0 gravity if you, if you do it right, which means it's high ABV. Basically... You don't always realize how much sweetness is in the beer that you're drinking because right. you've gotten used to the fact that it's, it's there and there's things balancing it out and that kind of stuff. When you taste something that's really that dry, it mm-hmm. comes off as excuse me very dry, very you know champagne-like is the way that kind of well. So it's, it's a brute champagne is what what they named it after. Um, 
the enzyme itself has been used in big beer for a long time. It's, it's how Mick Ultra is made. It's how all of those are made. So if you're at home, a vegan, thinking you're being really good to your body by drinking Michelob Ultra, you're not really a vegan anymore. Um, so order steak. That's right. Have a if steak. If you just hit a Mick Ultra, order a steak. But it, it is, they, they all use a variant of that, that amyloglucadase, and it it's they basically make a light beer in the first place lighter than they normally would and then put that in so let's say they're making a two percent beer they put that that amyloglucadase that enzyme in and that'll break it down to a four and a half percent beer or something like that it'll make i'm it's a little bit of an exaggeration there but like they'll make a three percent beer and it winds up being the four and a half that mcultra is and if you wonder how they get that high abv without the carbs that's how they do it so you're breaking your carbohydrates down to fermentable sugars Meaning that the carbohydrates do not stay in the beer. I right. mean, you'll still always have a little bit, but they're more complex than just your your dextrins, which are your most common carbohydrates. Makes sense. Yes, it, it clears my pretty much. I, okay, makes sense. I know. I know it's kind of technical talking about that, but that's everybody's kind of made one around here. This is going to be really yeah. our third. Um, we did one that was like a blend of. Um, so it was a rye IPA, an East Coast IPA, a West Coast IPA, and a Midwest or in a brewed IPA all combined. So we used rye. We used um, we had a nice caramel background like you would expect from a West Coast IPA. It had that rye note to it, but then it was all New England style hops, and it was dry as can be because we put that enzyme in it. That was the first one we experimented with. Then we did on our pilot system basically this recipe but we had smoked malts in it so it was like a smoked version of it um wasn't quite for everybody so that's kind of why we're not doing that on the big scale smoked beers Um, never are yeah it was i mean i enjoyed it the smoke was very light in it which was our goal with it anyways but but you know how but if if you if you it was the Band-Aid smoke, too, which meant yeah. automatically people were like, I taste Band-Aids. This yeah. isn't right. And you're like, well, it's a smoked beer. It's supposed to taste that way. Yeah. No, it doesn't taste like smoke. It tastes like Band-Aids. So, but it was on our pilot system, too, and we had one keg of it. Did you ever ask anybody why they eat Band-Aids? All I the don't time. even know what they taste like. Yeah. <laughs> but all that's... I think I think I heard our bartenders ask at least ten times. <laughs> Probably Mike, the guy that yeah. we did that we did an employee brewing competition, right. and he's the one that did it. Um, this so this is a recipe him and I developed together. So um, do you call him Band Aid Mike now? No, you should. I should. He he probably wouldn't like that. <laughs> eh, he didn't like <laughs> much. It's all right. We changed the hops up just a little bit because today, when Gnome first got here, we kind of realized that our shipment didn't arrive with the hops we ordered. Um, I have a volunteer that kind of comes in and just picks my brain more than anything else. And uh, he helped me put my order away. And I just saw him carry the hops in there, not thinking anything of it, thinking that they all arrived. I didn't even count them. And lo and behold, they didn't. I actually checked. They did not order them for us, but they didn't. Normally what happens is, is I get an email back, hey, we're out of this hop. So we substitute, we substitute hops today, which is a normal day here at Alexander Brewing Company. Any brewery. Um, no, <laughs> we actually wound up with a... It's also not like a like a flagship beer that people are expecting it to be this. And right. It's like it's... it's yeah, a, you it's can a, swap It's the first time out. we've... And, and honestly, we look for hops that have very similar char- characteristics. I mean, the main one we were going to use was the Nelson... Uh, I always say Savion, but Savignon. that's <laughs> but that's not how you, you're supposed to say it is... 
the actual look, the way it looks, because it's not in France or it's not French. Um, that's that's what I was told, but I don't, I can't even picture the way that that word would look. <laughs> so, Sovereign gnome. Yeah, I don't know. So, Don, so, you rocked and rolled today, man. Okay. Um, What's the name so, of the beer? It's called Sustainability Buddy. Sustainability Buddy. <laughs> um, it's based on, uh, there's two things with it. Part of, oh, you got your slippers on? So, <laughs> it's not going to make sense to anybody. No, no. They, my son just came just, up, smacked oh, no. me, you smacked been. me on the stomach, and said "slippers," and then ran away. You should have never explained it. Just let it. Go. Oh no! It, just let it ride. Let people wonder. So, <laughs> it's a good show, but what was with that slipper thing? <laughs> so the beer's so, so, called slippers. So <laughs> sustainability, buddy. It, there's two meanings to it for us, and it's, it's part yeah. of the reason we move forward with the name, even though I. It comes from a South Park episode where I believe Butters was Cartman's accountability buddy. <laughs> and so that was part of it. And I just thought that, you know, there's good um, alliteration in that in that word, sustainability buddy. You know, it's that there's two hard yeah. B's in there. Um, but it was funny, but I don't know if we were going to name it then. And then I was like, well, wait a second. Eric Tanner got me involved with this. Brewers buddy. He, he started, him and Anthony started Brewers buddy. And unfortunately, that company's no longer around. But it's a great product if if any of you were fortunate enough to get it. And if you're a new listener to the show and you're jumping back and listening to old episodes, you'll hear a lot about Brewers Buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, um, I just thought, you know, that'd be a kind of cool tribute to them to just yeah. have it in there. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that'll be coming out. That'll be coming out on Earth Day. We kind of wanted to release it for our anniversary, but I, I think we're going to have to hold it back just to be part of the competition. I don't want to get a leg up or anything like that. <laughs> but it would be nice because our anniversary is on you know, April 20th. Competing against a brewery that may not release a beer in that time. So. <laughs> that is a, a good point. Not a brewery just, yet. Yeah. I don't know. We can maybe put a survey out. You Would you consider this cheating if? Um, yeah, I mean, we're only looking at, we're going to be closed for Easter Sunday, and then which is the day after our anniversary, and then we're closed on Mondays anyway, so it'll come out on that Tuesday. Um, so There's going to be enough good beer that weekend, though, for people to yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and especially now that we got Go Hop Yourself back on, I mean, people are happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to know more about the anniversary... Tune in next week because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the anniversary and we're drinking and we are time traveling because that's what yeah, we do. That's what we do. <laughs> Andy, thank you very much. Andy, thank you very much. You. Like thank I said, we'll be back next week. Andy, Andy, Alexandria because why not? The way we roll. <laughs> and then the week after that, I don't know off the top of my head, but something fun. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.